Beyond, and hello everyone. My name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, episode 624, the final one of 2019, and with that, cheers to everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, look, we got, we got a holiday thing. We did it. Yeah. Right. Oh, apart yeah. from me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Great work, everybody. I'm representing those who do not celebrate Christmas. Uh, Festivus. And, and yeah. What are you talking about? You have a white mug. That's that's snow. That's Santa's beard. Yeah. yeah. Were they, were we supposed to coordinate mugs? No. Because I have a cup here too, just a regular cup. Looks it's like red. we coordinated without even trying. Yeah. Pretty cool. That's what this show is: coordination without even trying. That's right. Uh, this is our final episode of the year. Uh, for those who may be tuning in for the first time, this is going to be a very different episode than we normally do. Uh, as we're recording this two days after we last recorded the last episodes of the show for a little bit behind the curtain, there's not much new PlayStation news to talk about. Uh, it's pretty quiet at this moment. This episode will be going up the last week of the year. So I thought we could have a bit more of a, a relaxed, laid-back episode. You say that, but now I just know that in this period, NEC 2 is going to be announced. Wait, NEC, NEC 3, 3 is, is going to be announced, announced for the PlayStation 5. Like, it's just going to Probably. happen. Because you said that. I mean, I hope. That'll... Give me something to do over break. I think they should make a Knack 3 called Knack 2. Knack 2, yeah. And just see what happens. Just see if anyone notices. Yeah, that would be impressive. Apparently Knack um, 2 is quite good. I never played it. I talk about this a lot on this show, that both of those games are pretty okay. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, before we begin, whatever the show is going to end up being, and that's pretty much what you can expect, uh, I did want to read a comment of the week. Uh, we've started doing this recently. Where we're highlighting some of the positivity in the comment feeds of Podcast Beyond. This one comes from episode 622's comments, since that's the last one up when we are recording, uh, from Chris on the YouTube, which is youtube.com slash Beyond. Chris said, being a transplant, I'm always sick or in the hospital. I had major surgery on November 6th and just healed from that, but I'm back in for something else. But one thing I always make sure to have on my iPod so I can watch is Beyond Game Scoop and MVC. Take that unlocked. All you guys are great. I will continue to watch you guys no matter what, even if it's from a hospital bed at eight at night waiting for meds. Aww. Um, sweet. And I want to say that one. Yeah. Thank you for watching the show in whatever state you are in. I hope you are recovering soon uh, and quickly and uh, speedy recovery to you. Uh, but thank you so much for shout out. Like in. shout out to, to you because I like I am a very fortunate person, but I did spend one uh, holiday period in hospital and it was it was it was wasn't they're not known for being really fun places. Yeah, no. it's not the greatest place to, to spend um, your holiday time. And, and so, yeah, I'm pleased that we can give a little bit of yeah. relief. Yeah. yeah. Thanks and for, thanks for sticking with us, because yeah. if people didn't watch or listen, we would I don't know. We'd just be sitting in a room just talking for no reason. You yeah. Know? So it's like like. Friends do like friends. Just like a normal. We do that sometimes off off the mics, and it's we hate it. It's, it's, horrible. it's awful. <laughs> no idea what maybe you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, no, but thank you, and thank you to everyone who's listened or watched the show over the course of 2019, over the course of any time at all since it has started, um, and into 2020. It's going to be an extremely busy, crazy year, and I imagine we'll have so much to talk about week over week next we're year. Talk about Goku so much in January. We are. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, By yeah. this time next year, we will all have the PlayStation yeah. Five. Yeah, that's weird. And yeah. we'll probably be like really annoyed with like certain parts of it that we, at one point we thought would be the most revolutionary things. Can you believe yeah. the index button? Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought they put the index button there? Although I gotta say, like I was looking through the comments on the last episode where we were sort of saying what we wanted, and honestly, Max ringtone like t- like mm-hmm. console ringtone. baked that's, ringtones. That's a great idea. Yeah. It's such a great idea. The uh, are these should, they should pay you. So much money for that idea. I invented the the noises that you put in the Tesla that make it sound like old-timey cars or TIE fighter engines. I invented that by saying, I have a cool idea. That was years ago. That's right. And yeah. Elon Musk doesn't... 
he doesn't he didn't want to pay me for that. <laughs> he didn't. I want to make get like a nice car, make it sound like an old timey jalopy, you know, <laughs> or like a bicycle that has a playing card in the spokes. You the could year, do the, the year. No, I just I wanted yeah. to. You know what? I was um sorry. I'm no, sorry. It's this episode. You That's know? what this episode. Is. Um, I just want to say I rode in my very first Tesla last night. And I didn't really remember much of it because it was right after our holiday party and it was going from the venue to my house. And like, I just looked at the... For, the, for clarity, you, you didn't drive this. <laughs> yes, it was. A, no, I, I was in the back seat. Ride. I was in the back seat with my head on my girlfriend's shoulders. Um, and yeah, I, I'm just kind of disappointed that that was my first ever... Tesla Were you experience. thinking the whole time you're like, "Wow, I wish this sounded like an old time." I was like, "I've got to be honest." I, I was like, "That is like a motorboat." That, that would have cool. made this experience like 100 times. Well, that's cooler. my business strategy: is ringtones for other stuff besides the phone. What I else? Think microwaves should have it. Okay. I think How did your you put food your is head done. on both of your girlfriend's shoulders? As I said, sh- as I said, shoulders. I was like, "Oh no." Altano is going to bring that up. Does she? Is she able to <laughs> fold in half like a scissor? <laughs> it's it's a trick. Cicada. It's a trick. That's why I'm dating. I'm dating a playing card. <laughs> For reference, we're recording this show, as Lucy mentioned, the morning after our holiday party and shortly after our hol- or office white elephant exchange. Uh, what did everyone end up with? Third year in a row, I brought a bottle of vodka and left with almost the exact same bottle of vodka. So things are going good. I'm Perfect. bad at that. I'm bad at the white elephant. I'd be like, I, if they were trying to figure out if I was the Dalai Lama, I wouldn't be because I'd pick the wrong thing. Because like, you're not a you're not a, a like a cutthroaty thief. You have to get up there and really like get. No, in. but you can't. I, I guess I should have sh- stolen a known quantity, but I grabbed some mysterious bag and it was full of red wine. I mean, that's fine. I decided I to play wine. the game. This year, yeah, and I stole from Damon Hatfield and got a bottle of Maker's Mark. That's good. If you don't I like drinking red red wine, you can cook with it. I don't want yeah. to do that either. Yeah, but like, who's Why? like, who's like, mm, this will help me cook. Like, I don't know. that's my, like a my crap entire present. family. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, a I wonderful mar- Marcello. <laughs> Every, everyone from my country. Red wine is Italy. all right. <laughs> I have I have a bunch of it already, and the reason I still have well, it is because I go and get drink to cooking with big boy. Don't call me big boy. Did you get that one red? It was a slip. It's all good. Um, <laughs> so anyway, PlayStation. Uh, no, I wanted the show to be weird and loose and fun because it's the end of the year. I think we all need you know a bit of a relaxation period before oh, 2020 begins. Um, I did want to ask, though, like on the topic of Top 100 PS4 games? Top 100, yeah, list them all right now. Uh, no, I wanted to know, like PS4 or otherwise, I'm really curious because this is a thing that like I think about for Christmas and holiday break is what am I going to play? What am I going to catch up on? What is something from this year that you think people may not have gotten the chance to play and that they should over these next couple of weeks if they have time off, if they don't, but like something that people should look out for before the onslaught of 2020? Um, Man, uh, Baba is You was a really fun puzzle game that I think got a little bit of love at the Game Awards, but and maybe a little bit of love in our awards or, or no. Yeah, uh, it was it won... yeah. Puzzle game? Yeah, I thought that I'm one not going to say one. It, there was, it got some love. Let's just yeah. put it that way because yeah. I don't remember. Oh. What in the <laughs> are you doing? What is that? That's the Cats trailer. <laughs> so this, like I was saying, there's ringtones for all sorts of stuff. That should have less ringtones. You just had the Cats trailer up? I, apparently yeah. so. I that think maybe I was brand. watching it last night. I think night. it would be less embarrassing if you just blasted hardcore <laughs> pornography. <laughs> yeah, like seriously. To be like, oh, I just, sorry, I just had the Cats trailer queued up. Good to go. Those jellical cats, Mr. Mistopheles. Rum Tum Tugger, Look, they're all I'm, back I am unapologetic about my um, my ad- adoration for this film that I have yet to see, but I know Same. it's going to be a, a nightmare 
hellscape, but I can't wait. No, it's a great, it's a great holiday. It's a great holiday time because we have a very erotic cat film and we have a big high stakes space film. But next year we're getting one and the same Avatar two. It's going to be horny cats and space battles all in one place. The Shape of Water, Avatar 2. Or That's not going to happen. Way of Water. Those movies are never coming out. I saw coming The out. Shape of Water with my parents just being like, Ooh. I just being like, this is a whimsical Guillermo del Toro movie. It's going to be like charming and, you know, full of like magical creatures. And then there was like just furious masturbation within the first 10 minutes yeah. sitting next to my dad. I was sitting yeah. next to Jobert. So, like, yeah, about this. <laughs> Which uh, is worse? <laughs> Lucy, what about you? Oh, um, this year... I feel like I have had a, an an interesting year in that I haven't really played anything that's kind of not like like I've played pretty mainstream stuff. Yeah. Um, I will say that I'm really excited for Disco Elysium to come to the PlayStation yeah, for, like next year, just because it sounds every everything that like has been described to me about that game has just sounded like my jam. And I am so excited to play it, but I don't have a I don't have a PC. Um, so yeah, I'm super stoked to play that in 2020, and I think that you know we should all dig into that one just because it is apparently fantastic. Very yeah. excited about that. I definitely will make some time for that. Max, what about you? Uh, what am I? What am I playing, or what do I recommend? What would you recommend? Um, Judgment. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. very cool kind of beat 'em up mystery game. I'm actually like I'm at that point in the, the sort of the last chapter where they're like, hey, this is the ending. Do you want to do other stuff first or you want to go do the ending? And I'm like, oh, I should go do other stuff. So I'm doing like stupid side missions. And I did that thing where I'm like, oh, I can finally finish this damn game I've been chipping away at since like August or whatever. And then immediately got sidetracked and was like, I'll play more Resident Evil. I want to fight the alligator. I'm just like, what am I doing? I just need to finish the, the I got to finish that by the end of the year. Yeah. But uh, I think, I mean, I feel like Control was our game of the year. I feel like not enough people played that or were talking about it. Yeah. It, um, it never showed up on uh, MPD. I think I mean I think that's a really good point to make. Like we have been celebrating control for the last like month basically because it was our game of the year, but so few people have actually played it. Mm-hmm. I remember when we launched Game of the Year and people in the comments were like, This is the first I've heard of this game's existence. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that a lot, even from people in the Facebook group and I'm like, We did an episode where Janet and I talked about it so much. But yeah, it is something that definitely flew under the radar and I think it's crazy to me, like Remedy as a studio, it's mm. the people who made Max Payne, which was such an iconic franchise for its time, right? and then has kind of slipped away. Even though they've made big projects like Alan Wake and whatnot, they tend to fly under the radar. Yeah. Yep. Um, but there's something really great about their method of like third-person action storytelling and the weirdness that they bring forward. Um, yeah, I would definitely recommend that one. And as a PSVR one, I know we talked about it on the show a lot, but Blood and Truth. Blood like, Truth if you haven't so played good. Blood and Truth and you do have PSVR... Please play it. Uh, there's been a bunch of free DLC challenges for it. The most recent one they announced this week is basically like rhythm-based. They released four levels that remix versions of the soundtrack score. And That's a good score, too. Yeah, it's a really good soundtrack. And you're basically scored based on both your accuracy and your shooting, but also your rhythm and timing yep. how you shoot. So there's really cool stuff going on there. London Studios are really cool part of the Sony First Party family that we haven't gotten to talk about as much because they haven't made as many games. But I think they've... They've done such a great job. With what else game. have they done besides Blood and Truth? Do we know? They had been working on the SingStar franchise. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So they know their way around a rhythm game. That's cool. Yeah. And they were doing, uh, they helped a lot, obviously, with PlayStation VR Worlds or whatever right, right. that thing was called uh, when VR first launched. I, mean, but... I would love to see them do a non-VR game. Yeah. Like just do a, a conventional action game. How big was SingStar in the States? I think in the 
PS2 era, it was kind of big. Right. It, it definitely fell off once the PS3 wasn't as big of a hit. It was right. massive in New Zealand yeah, and Australia. Lot. It was huge. Like, that was our, we would have sing-star parties. Huh. Oh, that was like a rock band. It's kind of embarrassing. For me. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, we would. It was great, you know. It's how I know all the words to um, I've Got You, Babe. <laughs> from Sunny and Cher. Wow. People had uh had rock band parties here. Yeah. Right? Like that, that was that was definitely a big thing and we yeah. even like brought that out once or twice in the office in the last like 2 years and people would still gather around to play. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I I'm curious for you guys because for me I don't have like big topics I want to discuss on the show. I just want to hear from all of you sort of about like how 2019 was, do you think, in gaming and for you personally with gaming and, you know, just like in general, because I do think this was a weird year where throughout the year so much we would always be like, it's such a quieter year, like 2020 is going to be great or remember the great games that came out in 2018. And I think all those things are true and valid, but I do think there were a lot of great games this year. Mm-hmm. I do think it was a good year, but how was it for all of you? It, it felt like a collection of really good games, like yeah. probably more than we've ever had in a single year, but nothing that was really like top tier moves the industry forward forever type of stuff but that's kind of okay i think it reminded me a lot of i believe 2014 was sort of similar where it was we had a pretty similar game of the year debate here at ign where it was like one or two games were sort of neck and neck and then there was like five games that were like kind of evenly split um i find those years really interesting and fascinating because it means that there's a lot more sort of a diverse spectrum in terms of what everybody's playing yeah um and it's less clear cut than just like the entire staff yelling god of war at the exact same time which was a phenomenal game but i don't really feel like we had anything this year that was at that level even something like red dead which like like it or not that's one of the biggest most polished video games ever made obviously it's got some hiccups in it but who cares um um, we didn't really get anything like that, right? And so yeah. th- that being said, it gave a lot of smaller double-A or even single-A games <laughs> an excuse to sort of have more space to swim around. It gave a lot of indies some love, which I'm a huge fan of. So, yeah, it was it was a cool year. Yeah, I think that it was definitely um, a gap year. It was not a year that people will super remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but as Altano said, like it did highlight, it got it, it got the, it gave the smaller games that would never have seen the light of day um, a, a massive amount of attention. And and you know, it spoke volumes to me that Resident Evil Two, the race for Game of the Year for IGN, was very very tight yeah. between Control and Resident Evil Two. And I think that's awesome in any other year resident evil 2 would have been remembered as like a great game that um you know whatever but like it was it was it was a really 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 fantastic game and i feel like it's received more love because it's been a quieter year yeah and i feel like it's also really helped the trajectory of that franchise because after re7 the Resident Evil franchise before that was coming on a bit of a downturn, obviously, and then RE7 brought it back for a lot of people, but it wasn't classic Resident Evil. <laughs> and seeing that they can still do that and do it so well, I think has really bumped that back into our collective like consciousness a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like Obviously, Resident Evil has always been around, but the way we talk about horror games currently in the state of future horror games is like it's yeah. a major player. Right? The Revelations series, series came close, yeah, um, but... I, I think Resident Evil 2 is just sort of like they built that on a pre-existing structure and that helped a lot. Mm. Uh, and it's with characters you remember and you really connect with. And it, yeah, that's that was a really cool game. It's yeah. really awesome that that happened this year. Remakes are also pretty important in, in games because there's that mechanical level where stuff is, it's 
more difficult to go back to and, and not in like a challenging fun way, but in just a weird, like whether it's a matter of tracking down the hardware you need to do it or just like stupid quality of life things that makes, I don't know, like manually having to save is like a weird kind of relic. I like that in, in Resident Evil, it's like kind of gamifies it, but like, I mean, it's, we're getting more and more remakes. We're getting more of that and, or even sort of spiritual successors. It's kind of cool to look at like the PS4's library and you're like, oh, it's got, uh, it's got God of War. It's got Spider-Man. It's got Resident Evil 2. It's like, got shadow of the colossus you're like all right which generation are we talking about here right you know it's kind of it's a sort of you know taking greatest hits and like giving them kind of a fresh coat of paint and mm-hmm. modernizing the right parts of them um it's cool to have that but yeah it's I, I don't know i was talking to somebody about this last night and like um i mean Sekiro. obviously people were really stoked mm-hmm. on everyone yeah. a lot of people really like that game awards game of the year yeah, yeah. I wish. I mean, I maybe I'll maybe I'll have like the Bloodborne thing with that, and I'll go back in three years when everyone's done talking <laughs> about it and be like, I love this game, and everyone's like, Okay, buddy, thanks, yeah. you know. But um, yeah, it's 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 odd. It's just sort of yeah. It's I'll, been a strange year. I think. Um, what's that? Uh, what's that old uh, the old arcade game that's all animated? The Don Bluth one, Dragon's oh, Lair. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think FromSoft should do Dragon's Lair. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think they should do a kid a kid friendly FromSoft game. That's I mean, like all Dragon Slayer is basically like a stripped down rhythm game, and Sekiro kind of is a rhythm game. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, like that that game is way more about like parries and strikes and timing perfectly than yeah. than sort of the other games in their spectrum. But yeah, I, I saw some people sort of being like, "Oh, oh, that that game winning a, a game of the year award um, is proof that they don't need like an easy mode, and that journalists can suck it, and that." Friendly reminder: Journalists voted for the Game of the Year award for, this, for that. <laughs> yeah, um, we ninety percent of the vote. That was that said yeah, though. Yeah. Um, it is it is definitely. I I said on the show like when that debate was spiking on, which was part of this incredibly long year, that uh, ultimately sales will dictate whether or not they ever want to patch a mode like that in. And the game sold really well. Yep. And it won awards, so they're going to stick to their vision. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and you know, love it or love it or leave it for for some, I guess you know. Yeah, and I mean something like Jedi Fallen Order, which is Souls esque had difficulty modes yep. and so there are options it may not just be the from soft game you want to play mm-hmm. but yeah there are definitely games that are approaching that i don't does ashen i haven't gotten to start it yet but does that have difficulty modes or no okay no um which is an interesting one because that's actually you can't grind and, and level up in the traditional way in that game. yeah and so that's the thing about bloodborne is that like there, the FromSoft easy mode was always ring a bell and stranger from the internet will come and help you and that was like their way of sort of being like you can get through this you you won't have a toggle to make all the enemies you know doughier or whatever, but like you push this button and somebody comes and kills the boss for you. You know how terrifying that it is. Like that's how terrifying Bloodborne is. Is that strangers from the internet are a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, yeah. Oh, a, a phantom has arrived with an axe. Yeah, and I like to see him. It's it's good. I um I was so determined to beat every boss by myself, um, and I did end up beating the final bosses by myself. Um, and I'm proud of that. In Bloodborne. In Bloodborne. Yeah, same. But um. God, there were there were just a couple of times where I was like, I have to ring that goddamn bell. Yeah, like I just have to. No, the dude, I have to. I have to for my own sanity and for my own enjoyment of this game. That lanky white guy. He's like not. I'm not just calling him a white guy. He's like an incredibly Me? pale man. No, he, he carries a huge bag like a, and he like whips your ass on the beach. I forget his name. I hate that guy. <laughs> that, that guy. I straight up. I was like, I'm good at this. I'm really good at this game. And I got to him and just died like 40 times in a row. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. For me, for me, it was the. It was like the three dudes. Like you know how there are like three separate guys. The witches are those. Oh, those guys. No, it was like <laughs> they're th- funny. Three different guys, and you have to like, and they all have. They all come and attack you at once, and they've all got different styles. Oh, the, the, sh- the shadow of Yarnum. Yeah. 
was going. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I just di- like I died to those guys over and over and over, and I was starting to feel that. Like, there's like a proper pecking order. Yeah, that well, frustration. I, I, I that was one of those ones where I like stu- kind of stumbled on them by accident and like wasn't fully pre- prepared and then died in like just cartoonishly record time. <laughs> so as you can see, 2019 was a phenomenal year for, for still blood talking blood. about blood. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we had when we were uh, audio only for a brief period, there were like a good two or three episodes where all we talked about was Bloodborne. Yep. And as someone who's not played that game, I love hearing you guys talk about that. Yep. Game. Well, especially because <laughs> like Altano and I haven't. Like it sounds like we haven't played for a little bit. Like we don't remember necessarily the names of all the guys. So it's just like the three guys with their strange, and they're all wearing cloaks and the, the tall, yeah. lanky, the man tall with the lanky white like, person. The, the lore in those games is like so wonderfully kind of like opaque that you have to describe stuff like that. Mm. And it's you're like, How, did you get to the hallway of the wet dogs? And you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> my, I, I got my friend into it over, um, over Thanksgiving. We got like. Just supremely drunk, and I was like, "No, I think about Bloodborne. You got Bloodborne. Bloodborne is great." And he's like, texting me the other day, and he's like, "He's he's in there. Like he's he's hooked. He's he's into it." And I'm like, so happy about that. But again, he's like, he's like, "Hey, what's up with these guys with like sombreros and they show up with a big bag or they like try to hit you in the head?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, one of them will kidnap you and take you to like a a jail, but it's like a school." And if you're going to the basement, it's full of witches, but there's cool stuff there. And you can leave, but you can't come back unless you go later. And then there's a big guy covered in lightning in the hall. And I like, love that. Where you're like, I'm, I'm done. I got out of the jail. And you walk outside and it just goes like, yeah. like the skeleton man drops from the sky. It's oh, so it's good. Dark Beast Parl. It's so good. I, Honestly, I Se- still... Sekiro kicks ass. I yeah. really want them to do... I want them to get back into yeah. something kind of spooky again. Yeah. Well, well, we I know they're think... doing Elden Ring next. Yes. We... I, I hope that game has some horror so, stuff. But, like, yeah. From does horror better than anyone. I think this is the thing. Like, we forget that, that Bloodborne and the Souls games are genuinely bone-chillingly terrifying. Yeah. Like, they are just so... They, they, are, they are the closest thing that I've ever experienced in my life. And this is, like film included to an actual like nightmare that i that i have experienced in reality like they they make make you value your 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 stuff in the game like they make you actually like you're like i don't want to lose here therefore there are stakes yeah well therefore these things that you're fighting are like oh and they're they're actually difficult like you are you are fighting for your life in a sense you know that's it it feels like like a lot of modern horror games uh take place in a very familiar setting like like a like a house or a hospital or something like that, and with a discarded wheelchair. Yeah, and they're first person and and a meat locker for some reason. Yeah, and you don't sure. really think about inventory, and when you die, you just go back to the checkpoint. But Bloodborne and, and the you know the the spookiest Souls like games are the ones that take all of that, but then couple in that sort of like Chinatown Wars feeling of like I have a trunk full of heroin and I'm getting pulled over by the cops. Like it takes all of that and then it gives you fifteen thousand you know period points or blood balls or whatever the heck they're called (laughs) magical Uh, (laughs) they're definitely cool period points yeah right (laughs) um no that's like a weird subplot in bloodborne um and you you you're basically like all right i could take one more swing at this like horrible tree man full of snakes (laughs) or i could run back and save dump all my points into something and you're like ah screw it i'll wiggle my arm in the air and he's just like (laughs) and kills you and throws up blood on you and you die and you lose everything like that's what's great and that that's missing in Overlast or whatever <laughs> dumbass other hard. Well, that's just like a, a bald guy just grabs your legs and then you have to crawl under something. It's, yeah, I, I, yeah. And it's one of those. It's it's weird because like there's you know there's survival like survival horror games have been so kind of that's always been the main horror medium you know and I feel like action horror is like less of a thing. Yeah. Generally, it's like if you're playing an action game, it's sort of a given that you're going to be able to kick a thing's ass. And yep. Bloodborne's like yeah, but what if it was like action packed but 
still scary, but you still had to survive. Like, but, that, it's not- but that's the thing. I think that like from software understands that action horror can be genuinely like scary because survival horror, like like Outlast and games like that, like they 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 have their own little. Um, corner of the horror market and they do a really good job within that little corner but you know what you're getting into when you play like a like an outlast like a survival horror like you know that you are completely helpless you know that you um are just running from point a to point b and you're just going to be completely stressed the whole time but what from software games do is that they give you just this little bit of power and you're still as, as as you guys say like there are still stakes but you are able to fight back yeah yeah so, Which is almost almost more terrifying. Yeah, it's it's weird. And then then they made like that VR game about fairies, Dorasine, which that I was reviewed. Odd. Yeah. yeah. Was that good? I I gave it a good review. Yeah, I gave it somewhere in the sevens. Um, it it felt like a first go at something for sure. Um, but having not really played a lot of From games, but knowing sort of the ethos around a lot of them, it felt like it was in its last third kind of getting at a from right, game. Right. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't scary, right? It was like it was not eerie, until the end. but okay. Yeah, like still uneasy. Like yeah. I don't think From can make a game that isn't unsettling in some way. The thing about that game that's unsettling is knowing that it's from From. Right. And the first two thirds of it are very you are just a kid at this like boarding school uh orphanage sort of thing. And it's about you going you're you're a ghost essentially, and you can kind of go through time to see what's happened uh, with the people around you. But it's this weird thing where everything is so upbeat to mm. an extent. Like it's so upbeat that something feels off. Like there there has to be something wrong here, and you're trying to figure out what that wrong thing is. And as it gets Kippers into the, for breakfast, Saint Swiven's Day already. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> That's that game for the first two thirds, and you're like, I'm just going around checking if there's a cat in the corner. Okay. <laughs> time for the next day and then you get to the last third and they're like yeah here's a lot of lore about fairies and the dark side of fairies and how some of them want to steal your souls and things and it's like oh there's a whole nother world here that you are just getting to that's bizarre and i wish i saw what that game is yeah like, I, I would love a sequel if only to know what that well, world we become we talk about them in the sort of this the, the post souls and bloodborne kind of era but they've been around forever yeah like i mean I'm, I'm, I kind of want to see what does an armored core game look like yeah. now. Like, what is, what is a post Souls armored core game? That yeah. sounds like it could be really cool. They also have like, you know, all the stuff they were kind of, what is it like, Demons Field or like Clock Tower or something. There's like, like PS One Overlast. There's a, yeah. <laughs> no, there's uh, Kingsfield. I think was the was one of the first ones that was sort of chipping away at that. Yep. that formula. But it's so weird looking at those now because they just look like kind of haunting and and. Pretty janky. Yeah. Uh, Kingsfield, Armored oh, yeah. Core, Shadow Tower, Echo Knight, Spriggan, Frame Grid, Spriggan guy, yeah. <laughs> uh, Echo Knight Two, From Software, well-known publishers of Spriggan. <laughs> <laughs> I should totally do that for a headline at some point. Spriggan uh, developers announced so Bloodborne Two. Elden Ring, I'm really curious about because that's got that's got George R. R. Martin involved, who is uh, I would say known for being. A verbose man. Those books are cubes. He likes to write lots and lots of words. Whereas FromSoft games are, they have lore, but it's sort of buried. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. kind of a. It's, you have to uh, discover it yourself. I mean, it's an odd pairing in the same way that like Activision was an odd publisher for Sekiro, and it's sort of like, hmm, this is going to be either, like, this is going to be the roughest around the edges Activision game or the most polished FromSoft game. Like, yeah. what does that look like? It'll be really interesting to see. There's, we don't really know more other than who's involved. It's based in a world of dark fantasy. And I told you guys about that time that I interviewed Miyazaki 
and at E3. No. I don't think so. Okay, so I interviewed him and we were in this room, you know, at E3 where like there are meeting rooms and like they're just kind of pulled together like at the last minute. And so I was interviewing him and I was very nervous because obviously he's just an incredible developer and get good. A, yeah, a big big hero of mine. And suddenly like this panel off the side of this meeting room just fell down onto the floor and like it apparently screwed with all the wiring because the room just suddenly went pitch black. <clears throat> Like, just black. And everyone screamed. Everyone screamed at once. <laughs> the translator, myself, the PR person, and him. Like, we all screamed. And then I was like, huh, okay. Um, should we just keep going? And he was like, <laughs> and he said yes. And we just did the inter- the rest of the interview in the dark. In the dark That's Because awesome. he was such a legend. That It would have been more unnerving if he hadn't laughed. Yeah, I feel like it would have been like a real life escape room that he was creating for you. But yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah. I mean, I love that. I, I think I pitched this a million years ago, but like we like doing like a Dark Souls preview, like prepare to die edition, where you like try to you start it repeatedly and then things keep screwing up, and you're like, sorry, I've got to try that again. Oh, anyway, so Dark Souls, well, you know, just we're trying to go to E3, and someone just like you walk in the door, and someone like punches you in the face, <laughs> like a giant ball rolls down the stairs, and you're like, what am I doing? So, see, so I like that you weren't allowed to pause your interview. Yeah. Yeah, meeting times yeah. are booked. But like meeting times are so tight, and also he was so he's you know people often characterize him as being very reserved and not like you know li- not liking interviews and stuff like that. Um, but I found him to be very uh, wanting to talk. And actually, here's something that I uh, that is my claim to fame when I eventually leave this business. Uh, I in- uh, introduced him to Neil Druckmann. Oh, yeah. Two legends. Where's that game? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That'd be fascinating. Speaking of Neil, that's a great transition. I was trying to think of one that whole time, and you just gave me that. Um, We're looking at a very interesting year for Sony to come. I kind of want to talk about the juxtaposition of 2019 and 2020. Did you say juxtaposition? The, the juxtaposition. The I wish I had. The juxtaposition. Of 2019 and 2020 for Sony because, and I don't think we have to, you know, dig back into how we felt about some of the releases from this year. We've obviously talked about that on the show a lot, but you I think. You want to talk about Resident Evil 2 some more? We can just, just keep talking I'm about good. Yeah. I'm or good. I'm good. Yeah. Can this whole eventually. episode just be about like horror? Let's talk about I mean, indie basically. horror movies from 2019. The Lighthouse. Oh, the Lighthouse is really good. That's what I want yeah. to talk I like about. That one. Real surprise there. Um, this was a year where Sony started State of Plays. They didn't go to E3. They came off the f- year where they stopped doing PSX officially. Mm-hmm. Um, they okay? It, there were a lot of staff turnovers at high levels that we saw. Herman Holst is now at the head of Worldwide Studios. Shuhei Yoshida is in a different role. Uh, they're sort of focused on a globalization plan for their three major territories. And they're now going into the year of the PS5 and two of their biggest first party releases of the generation. How do how do we feel about sort of the state of Sony going into 2020? I'm in in the sort of position where I have faith in in like I I love Sony as as a as a publisher. I think Sony is an incredible um publisher in so far as it lets people flex creatively in ways that are incredibly unusual. Mm-hmm. Like, even though David Cage, as I've mentioned in the previous podcast, does not like me, um, I love the fact that Sony lets him make the games that he makes. I think Sony is a very brave publisher. Um, I, With that said, I, I think I went into 2019 thinking that Sony's kind of absence and silence was very much... Um, you know, very part of some big plan, right? 
And I think that maybe I was a little wrong. I think that maybe it wasn't part of some big plan, um, especially when we look back at how we've received PS5 news and stuff like that, like, and all of the shakeups in, in upper management. I think that, you know, it's had a tumultuous year. I think we haven't heard the full story about what's gone on behind closed doors. Uh, but I, with that said, I am so fascinated to see what's going to come next year because yeah. at this point I have no idea. Yeah, I think 2020 is going to be a phenomenal year for them software-wise. Hardware-wise remains to be seen. Um, I have no doubt that the PS5 is going to kick ass. I have no doubt it's going to be an awesome-looking system. It's going to have like tons of great features. Um, that said, the console launches are tricky. Things break. Things go bad. Things explode. Things uh, ship without the games you want them to ship with. They don't do the things you want them to do that eventually get patched in. Basically, uh, us, you know, the guinea pig suckers that go in and buy something on day one, which I've always been guilty of, help uh, essentially test it for future markets to come in later when it's usually priced cheaper and there's better features. So uh, it's going to be a really fascinating November, assuming both of those systems, that and the new Xbox, launch at the same time because uh, you're going to have this giant console war again. And, you know, that first to 10 million is a, is a big deal. Yeah. Um, and before all that, it's going to be a great year for games. So no matter what, like, if you're a PlayStation fan, next year is going to kick ass in some way. I do think there's going to be some uncertainty with PS5. I hope that's not directly connected to the departures recently. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. Max, what about you? I mean, I'm very excited to see what happens. Um, it's, I mean, obviously, they're on top of the world with PS4. PS4 is, I, I was just thinking about it, it's like, Really wonderful system like just really i don't have a lot of complaints there it, yeah it does what it's supposed it's to do it's yeah yeah um this generation from microsoft has been kind of a, a weird like redemption arc where like they started off like completely just just tripping on their own feet and just being like here's this the five the 500 dollars box with the thing that nobody wants attached to it and it's <laughs> huge and it, we don't the, only a few games and then they've gradually kind of been hard at work kind of like turning things around and they just you know, announced a new box, which is a little bit, a little bit weird and funny, but like, it's kind of cool to see them be like, okay, but no, we've, we've rearranged stuff. We've bought up studios. We're like, we're working on it. Like big ships are hard to steer. And it's like, this is something we're seeing with, you know, massive corporate hardware manufacturers. Mm -hmm. And then Sony's on top of the world. So like they could stay on due course and completely just be like, okay, no complaints over here. Or they could completely just completely screw up, which would be, I don't know, interesting frustrating probably yeah but like i mean it's it, at the end of the day like competition is always good for for consumers and it's like to see like you know to see these two sort of giants going at it and being like oh how do we how do we you know how do we either stay on due course or get people over on our side it's yeah. going to be exciting and i don't know it's it's new hardware it's always it's always fun on some very stupid childish level yeah no, it is it's, it's like, always an exciting I, you know for all we sort of break console wars for being childish you know there's still a part of me that's like yeah do it. What's going like, to yeah. Like, yeah, it, like punch him in the face. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Be... Like, there's that like child, like basic Neanderthal yeah, we're part so, of me. We're dummies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fun to watch. Like, we all had a great time before the PS4 came out. Of the here's how you share games. Oh god, yeah. yeah. That was one of the biggest watershed moments for how this generation ended up going. Yes. And Lucy, you were talking a little bit about the intentionality of Sony, and especially in the last year, and whether or not it was an intention plan. And Max with Xbox. 
I, they're both at such different places because Xbox, I feel like we have seen an intention plan. They have, they decided, like when Phil Spencer seemed to have come in and maybe within a year of that, he decided, we're not going to win this generation. Let's look ahead. And everything they have done for the last three years, I'd argue, has been, we're getting there. Yeah. Like we know we can't win everyone this time, so we'll win the, the hardcore for now and then focus on expanding next time. Yeah. Whereas Sony has won, you know, theoretically and so they are doing a lot of things late in the life of the ps4 it's been really interesting to watch like within a year span they're like finally you can change your usernames but it comes with these hiccups we're starting crossplay, but it's in beta and we're only doing it on select uh games they've now updated that of course we're adding a ps4 dualshock 4 attachment in the last year of the console like there are a lot of late game things they are doing that mm. it feels like they're finally Deciding to catch up, I don't know. Do you guys feel like that's sort of the no, totally. I mean, you don't you don't try as hard when you're number one. Yeah, yeah. Because you're already you're sitting on your laurels. You're there already, right? You're not. You're like like I've been I've been married for five years. I exercise less than people who are single because they're like I got to get out there and really sell this. (laughs) I don't have to sell it anymore. I mean, my wife doesn't want to hear that, but because I you have to try a little bit. I don't want to just give up entirely. But I, I think that like Microsoft is they have. They have to go out and fight, and they have to win people back. And Sony's like, we have like a hundred something million people that are here already, and they're happy, and they're going to buy our games. We're good, we're good, right? And everyone's like, maybe, but every five or six years, like the scales tip again, and the allegiance gets thrown in the air for the average casual gamer. Obviously, we have diehard PlayStation fans on the show and listening to the show. And uh, Ryan McCaffrey has the same over on Xbox and on, on his side, mm. but. Uh, the average person goes where they think they're going to get the games that, that they love and the price is good at launch. And like where their friends go. Yeah, and then where their friends go. So there's a lot of factors there. And so like every new console generation is is one to win. Um, every manufacturer has to sort of re, re-audition for the role and, and reprove to the masses that they're the ones that, that need to win. Um, yeah. And with these things being priced the way they're going to be priced, I think you're going to have less multi-platform users than almost ever before. If there are two $600 systems on the market, people are going to strategically pick the one that's right for them, and they're going to ride it out for the rest of the generation. Well, and there's been people who have talked about, I think even uh, Bo Moore, our executive uh, tech editor, was talking in a conversation with Ryan McCaffrey and pretty much was like, no, I think this, the Series X might be 1000 and here's why compared to high-end PCs and what God, it might require. Yeah. And he kind of convinced Ryan during that convo it could be higher because the, if they are going for a dual approach of a cheaper model for more mass adoption and the high-end thing that is going to really push the power of where games can go, that might really change the game as well. We haven't we haven't seen game consoles go beyond 600 at launch of a generation, really. I can't yeah. think of... I mean, if you start specking out, like, your own incredibly high-end PC, you're going to start, you know, scratching at numbers like that eventually. Yeah. And so there is a, there is a disconnect, though. I think, like, with we, we will spend that on certain things and not on other things. And with video games, it's always been sort of accepted that like the 300 400 price range for a console launch is the right way to go anyone who's dared to go higher than that has been almost immediately laughed out of the room yeah well it's you look at those sort of those wonderful graphs of like console prices at launch adjusted for inflation yeah and there's like oh yeah here's that that atari that put that company in the ground or whatever it's like, <laughs> oh that one was like twelve hundred dollars or what you know it's, yeah or like in television or whatever it's just it's it's bizarre that you know we always think of sort of this sweet spot in the same way that games are you know, we're like, ah, oh, they've always been $60. And it's like, mm, not so much. Yeah. You know? But also, yeah. you know, you got to, it's easy to forget that uh, 
you know, from from my end of the world, uh, consoles cost $999 at launch yeah. right. and AAA games were really $119.95 at, at launch. It's like, you know, there's... there's there are markets where there are happen. markets where yeah. it's it's extraordinarily expensive. We yeah. we said this in a in a previous episode, but I really do think that bo- both of these companies need to roll out some sort of trade-in process that's like fully maximized and then refurbish those systems and sell them in markets that have just now gained access to something like that. I like, think I I mean you were talking about it in the last podcast um you sort of mentioned that you traded in your PS3 I think for you to to Make your PS4 like only a hundred bucks or something. Yeah, it was my four, four for my for pro. Your... Yeah, right. Okay. I did the same thing with my regular launch. I did my, my day one edition Xbox One. Was that at GameStop? Yeah. Because I guess for me, you know, my question is now GameStop's a, a, a sort of shattering all around the country. Uh, is that even a feasible option for most people now? No, and that's, I mean, that's where it starts to get difficult. The thing is about GameStop is that a lot of towns have like three or four of them. So that's right. also kicking around. Yeah, yeah. Best Buy does trade in program. And, but they, they killed off their video game trade in program they, this oh, generation. Not trade in at for all. hardware? I'm not sure about hardware. Yeah, they, uh, and especially with the new generation, they might reopen that. Yeah. That's a weird thing because I was just thinking about we talked a little bit about it in the last episode, but like I will pay a thousand dollars for my new phone, but it's because one, I can trade in directly to Apple my yep. new phone or to my phone provider, and I can pay it off monthly yes. and installments, and there are all these Things that make that thousand dollar dent not feel like the dent that it is. Yeah. yeah. In the, the same way that a five hundred dollar console will feel. Video dent. games generally and consoles especially skew younger. Um, and while a kid might be able to scrounge up twenty twenty five bucks a month, getting six hundred dollars all at once is basically impossible. When when you're fifteen, six hundred dollars is like six million dollars. Yeah. It's just not feasible. And so I I love that about about phones because yeah, you just they send you a box and you mail in your old one and they give you some money back for it. And it's that the entire process is handled perfectly. I mean my phone now I don't even own it and never will. I just sort of rent it and every year they're like, Do you want the new one? And I'm like, sure. And they're like, cool, it's the exact same price. Because nobody I mean I have no reverence for sort of old like I don't want like an iPhone four. <laughs> I don't want this, an iPhone four. That was a good phone. Was it? Yeah, it was great. I mean, maybe I like little, little square edges. The buttons were cool. It's a great I think phone. that was the I one I dropped buttons. in the toilet. Mm. I mean, the thing about like old to do that. old they phones, that. old phones will basically like, not play any any new games on them anyway, or even some old games. Yeah, like some old games won't even stop support. Yeah, they get, yeah. they get, they all got specked out. Whereas like if you got a PS2 and you got a stack of games. You know, you can you can hang out. Yeah, like, it's a I've, good time. I've been slowly trying to like rebuild a GameCube library yep. because it's just so hard to get those games, and a lot of them are still fun to play. But yeah, it's a different thing where if I want new apps on the iPhone, I'm not looking for my older iPhone to play them. Yeah, and so I think if either of these companies start scratching at this six hundred to a thousand dollar range, like they're gonna have to really figure out how to get how to make that work for people. When the makers of games as a service, consoles as a service. Yeah, yeah. right? It's well, I mean, insane. Xbox has that trading program we've talked about a little bit. Yeah. Like, they seem to be sowing the seeds. Again, Xbox seems to be sowing seeds pretty publicly for what their mm, intentions mm. are going forward. And their intentions are, and I think we had this, a very long discussion in the office just hanging around uh, your and Max's desk of just what can these console makers do to get us in at this these price points and these services and all this stuff. And yeah, I think they need to start operating as more fully-fledged businesses in that regard and not just focus on getting the box in. There are giant sweeping geographical locations all over the earth that would kill for a like consumer-priced, refurbished PlayStation 4. 
because they're not really looking for the cutting edge stuff. It's just not feasible where they are yet. And buying back a PS4 from someone like me and going under the hood and making sure everything works and selling it back to a new consumer at a fraction of the price works for everybody. And then I take that money and I put it directly towards my five and it's less of a sting. Yeah. Yeah. And no, God, that's so, so accurate. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why I was so angry at the time when the Xbox one launched and well, and it was the whole suite of promises were (laughs) just so forward, just far too forward thinking. Like I, I love, I love where their brains at theoretically, but, like we didn't have in in Australia, we didn't have like half of the stuff. Yeah. We we wouldn't have had access to half of the stuff right. that they were promising. And it's just like we're this is Australia. Like this yeah. is a pretty functional, <laughs> you know, like country. Yeah. Um, and you just sort of think, God, the rest of the world. Like yeah. there are so many, as you say, there are so many uh, countries and 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 people who don't have access to half of the things that yeah i mean there's there's a deep history of the e3 right before a console launch Mm. being essentially a giant snake oil convention i mean the amount of times that max and i watched videos that nintendo had done um where reggie fils-aimé held up a 3ds for the first time and was like avatar is one of the highest grossing movies of all time and soon you'll be able to watch it on your 3ds in 3d without glasses which literally never happened yeah like movies never came to that platform in that's in a 3d space baffling like at the, there was a, the, there was a whole thing with the wii u where it was like it was like sort of proto amiibo where it was like you put a toy on the screen and then it was and using it to like there were all these games that just didn't just didn't exist. They were like non-existent tech demos. Connect had the thing where you could scan your skateboard, yeah, and it would Milo appear in the game. Was a whole thing like oh, that God. never happened. Oh. I still go back. Milo. Like, if I've had a few drinks, I still go back and watch that Milo demo just because it's such a weirdo. It's so fascinating to watch it back. Yeah, like it's so weird. And the the woman who's demoing it, I would love to know her story because it's just such like it's such a weird, fascinating, creepy. Uh, completely unreasonable. It it's like it the thing from the exercise bike it was commercial. Yeah, <laughs> called like Project Natal. Project yeah, Natal, Project Natal. Yeah, yeah. Which is so like a, I, just a creepy name. I will say, in terms of like promises we've heard so far, that I hope not only come true, but I hope get stolen across the board from everybody, is Microsoft teasing that you'll be able to suspend. Multiple, multiple games. video games yeah. at once. That's great. That's awesome. I want that on PlayStation so bad. Like yeah. to be able to have like. You know, Fallen Order, God of War, and three other games just suspended waiting for me mm-hmm. and not like you that you can bounce between those things is just really, really awesome. Especially having some of the smaller games. Like, I love having Beat Saber on my PS4 to play all the time, but I wish I didn't have to cancel out of Fallen Order while I'm playing that yep. to just go play for 20 minutes or something. Like, I wish I could easily swap. Yeah. So, those are the kind of like small quality of life tweaks that I want to see yeah. across the board. Cause I don't think this is going to be one of those like, the first time you tried VR, the first time you used the joystick and to move Mario and Mario 64. I, I think like we're not going to have a, a, revol- a revolution like that, but I do think there's going to be a bunch of little things that we're going to be like, how do we live without that? Yeah. That's no, what that's, I'm looking that's for. kind of, that's exactly it. Cause it's, I don't know. The fun part is the games. Yeah. The fun part is never the console. There's like, like maybe Nintendo has some, you know, cute nonsense in the menu or whatever, but for the most part, these are like, and the Xbox avatar creator was pretty good, but like for the most part, it's like, it's, they're just they're 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 means to an end. They're they're machines, you yeah. know, and that's sort of fundamentally boring. But like anything they can do to like get out of the way of you playing the game, that's great. Yeah, I like that a lot. Well, and that's the interesting approach that the two are taking is Xbox is they just want you to buy the game more than the Series X right now. Like you'll be able to play Halo Infinite on your Xbox One, your One X, your One S. 
Series X, whatever other one they have, your PC. Right now, for PS4 games, you can play them on your PS4 or PS4 Pro. Yep. Yeah, but the joke's on them. How do they make me want to play Halo Infinite? Hmm? That's true. Uh, if they make it like Halo 2 again, I'll play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be a really fascinating rollout to watch. Because yeah, this generation shift is unlike any other we've had before. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the way we've been theorizing that there could possibly be something in February, we are incredibly close to that. That's like five weeks away. Yeah, they got to send us oh, invites soon. <laughs> Um, but speaking of like other Sony stuff in 2020, right now, because I had to uh, write this piece for Lucy, like the state of Sony first party games, right now, we probably know the least amount of first party games than we ever have before. Yep. Um, maybe give or take. But right now, we know Last of Us and Ghost, and we know Dreams, which has been perennial. And uh, what are you laughing at? Dreams, which was announced when they announced the, the PS4, PS4, is yeah. finally coming out in full next year and MLB The Show. But that's all we know. There's I so want Dreams. <laughs> Dreams has just had such a confusing rollout um, yeah. because, you know, it was an early access and very few PlayStation 4 games are in early access yeah. com- comparative to PC, for example. Yeah. Um, and I think people have been very confused about that. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I want it to do well because it's made by such a magnificent studio and the the goodwill behind it is so great um and theoretically it's an incredible tool um but it yeah. is unlike anything else it's yeah. a, it doesn't it really... doesn't have a it doesn't have a place in the market that i can sort of see uh, yeah. I, I do think that the messaging and rollout has been convoluted but i think it's going to ultimately work in favor of the game because when you launch that game at retail the day it comes out february 14th correct yeah. Um, there will be thousands of creations, assuming that they yeah. can roll all the They time. are. They're, uh, yeah. Everything that you've created is moving in. And instead of like showing up to this barren wasteland and getting their day one and being like, I, I, what, what do I, what, I have to make something? Like You'll have this like entire suite of inspiration in front of you. There'll be like 100 terrible Nightmare Sonic games and like a weird broken <laughs> Zelda where he has long legs. Yeah. And like the, that Pokemon thing that we played... There's also like what? There's man. a cuphead. What about the one where like we played that weird game where they went into a supermarket and was like farting and pissing on everything? <laughs> like Sonic. Wasn't it Sonic? <laughs> Sonic. Yeah. Wait. Was, he was really excited about cheese. Yeah. Didn't, oh, he, yeah. didn't he make some sort of a noise? Like, oh yeah. They did. So they were like, oh yeah, Jaleel White voices Sonic the Hedgehog in the old cartoon. We'll just do an Urkel impression. Yeah. So it was just like, hey, cheese. <laughs> no, I remember like I've talked about this on the show before, but I I played Little Big Planet a little bit later than everybody else did, and right. I jumped in one day and just played through some campaign stuff and i was like that's it's quaint what a cutie and then i went into the like creator mode stuff and downloaded a level from the internet and it was just like this guy made this like totally like weed 420 infused flintstones level it was just like it was just like <laughs> fred being like bonnie let's get high and there's there's all these like cardboard cutouts of like wilma like high as hell in all the corners and i'm like what the? What is this game? Like, what is this? And that's do you know I mean, how high you have to be to make a Flintstones inspired yeah. weed level in, in a little big planet? It's just yeah. like the thought of the thought of some dude just being like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I think it is. I probably, got an idea. I think you you would astral project before you did that. Yeah. Like your your soul would leave your body yeah. and you'd be able to travel around as a phantasm before I, you were like, I'm high enough to think this is a great. I idea. honestly like I watch it ton of horror movies i love them they're one of my favorite genres one of the scariest yeah. things i've saw all year was max and i did a let's play of something in dreams that somebody made this like i don't even know how to describe it it was this like feverish 
thumping disco song where this large giant man was like gyrating while flat like do you remember that we yeah we like typed in sex in the search and that was the only thing that came up and it was very bad <laughs> no it just it felt like when they like they jump in like the books in gumby or something and they get somewhere where they're like oh no and they immediately nope out yeah. so much of dreams is that like you're like you're like oh um what is this it's sexual Disco tyrant. Okay, I'll click on that, and you go, and it's just like kong, 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 and he's like, ah, 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 and you're like, ah, and you're like, is it, a, is it a game? It's like a sort. It's just like a short movie. That, yeah, like, just, just walk into it. Yeah, so I, I'm really excited for that. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, no, I do agree. I, I think I agree with both of you. I think the messaging behind dreams from like the Sony level has been convoluted, and it's hard to message. But also, they haven't done the best job of it. But the fact that we'll have so much at launch, I think, will get anyone who's curious about it. A much better experience than had they not done this early access launch. Yeah, um, they should do like weekly community challenge stuff where they basically dole out assignments like an art teacher, and they're like, yeah, they're like make a horse, and everybody makes yeah. a different one, and they're like, you win. Yeah, uh, Red, would you mind grabbing the door, please? I invited someone in. It's not what? That weird. Yeah. What? What? Don't worry. It's not. A, it's not. Is it Santa? It's I hope it's Santa. Santa. I hope it's Santa. No. Uh, we'll see if Why more are you people saying come. Santa. I don't know. I'm stupid. <laughs> Um, what would you guys want to see, though, from Sony First Party in 2020? Something we don't know. Like, what is your go-to? Hi, Janet. Come on hey, in. Janet. Hi, Janet. Janet. Come on in. You can share my mic. Hi. I'm Hi. here. A happy PlayStation Hi. to you. Freaking and birthday. a happy PlayStation to you. Sorry, we don't really have more chairs. If you don't and happy hang. birthday to Santa Claus. Happy birthday to Santa. Uh, Janet, we're talking about things we'd want to see from Sony First Party in 2020. What is something you would want? Dream, dream game. Jack 4. Do you think they'll ever do it? No, and I kind of hope they don't, but if they do, I'll be first in line. Okay. You you love have you guys are you big fans at all of the Jack series? I actually I am a massive fan of the Jack series. I played all those games when I was studying at university. You know when you you're studying and you just remember the games that you play like it's so weird standing here. But go on. Like, <laughs> like you know I played um, Doom three yeah and the Jack series and Kingdom Hearts through university. I just remember playing those games really vividly and. I loved, yeah, I loved the Jack series. And Janet, I know that you're a particular fan because I've seen all the art on your desk and it's very impressive. Yes, I have the uh, limited run collector's editions of Jack 1, Jack 2, and Jack 3 is in the mail. So I'm going to have all of them lined up there. And it comes with like this crazy set of all these like baseball cards for the characters. And I have it in this little frame and in these little like card holders. It's very nerdy and I love it so, so much. Yes. So yeah, that's my like pie in the sky thing. But new God of War also. That wouldn't be bad. Uh, yeah, what about the rest of you guys? What would you love? An announcement, obviously not expecting releases too much, but if something were announced, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get crap for this, but I kind of hope Sony Santa Monica doesn't make another God of War. I think that game is perfect, mm -hmm. and I don't know if we need another follow up sequel to an iconic PS4 game. We already have that with The Last of Us Two. Even that, like, I think like. Again, we said it before, but like that had such a perfect ending. I'd be okay with that franchise just ending there. That said, I'm excited to see what they do next. But for God of War, that is just like a, a perfect video game. And I know there's no universe where they will get to make something other than a sequel to that game. Because everyone's asking for it, and it makes a ton of money, and it makes perfect sense. But I would love to see Corey and the rest of those guys do something like interesting and different and, and catch me off guard. I think, I think their assignment should be taking uh, classic PlayStation franchises and then remaking them in a sad way so adult men cry. Yeah. And I want to see a Crash Bandicoot where he gets a divorce. <laughs> yeah. That's what I I want. thought that your, re like, your realistic idea for Crash Bandicoot was having like a real Bandicoot wearing diapers. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I keep talking about that. You can make show. that in games. I'm sorry. I'm probably gonna do Diaper Bandicoot and <laughs> Craps Bandicoot. Uh, Lucy, what about you? Wait, sorry. What was the question? Uh, PS. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're wrapping up here, so it's fine. Uh, Sony first party announcement you would love to see next year? Pie in the sky, whatever. Pie in the sky. I mean, I really want to see what Naughty Dog is going to do after The Last of Us. Like, I feel like Naughty Dog's trajectory has been um, wonderful, but very predictable. And I would love Naughty Dog to turn around and just be like, surprise, this is a brand new thing that, like, no one has ever heard of. This is a brand new IP. Uh, you know, we've been working on it for years. It's going to be on the PS5. Uh, like, you know, that's what I, that's what I'd love to see. Like, I, I want to see Naughty Dog just surprise us with something new because they've been in the sequel business for a while. And when, um, The Last of Us came out, it was just such a gut punch in a good way. And I want to experience that again. Yeah. We have six Uncharted games now and a card game. And I would love to see them and two Last of Us and a DLC and then a multiplayer spinoff apparently. Um, I'm totally with you. Seeing them do something like completely out of left field, brand new story, new characters, new setting, that would be totally fascinating. Yeah. Crash Bandicoot. Max? Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Well, he's a new character. No, I, I definitely would love to see like Naughty Dog do something new. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just new stuff. New IPs, you know? Strange new reinterpretations of things we weren't expecting. Um, not first party, but we got word that Capcom registered Dino Crisis, which I'm pretty happy I about. I would go insane if we saw a new Dino Crisis. I loved that game. And, like, I, it was just so... It's We haven't had a good dinosaur game for a while. No, actually, that's a, that's a lie. I did really enjoy Jurassic World Evolution. Oh. Do you count Horizon Zero Dawn as a dinosaur game? I actually I do. Of, yeah. yeah. But people criticize the fact that there's only one. T- there's only technically one. Di- Actually, do no, there are so no dinosaurs. dinosaurs. There are robots. There's only one. There were clock radios that were shaped like dinosaurs. Yeah, there's also no zombies in Days Gone. Ugh. Just from freakers the same, from the same people. Um, yeah, I, I really want to see where the next generation of Sony takes us. Like, I know we're going to get sequels to stuff that I love this gen, and another Spider-Man, another God of War, another Horizon is not a bad thing in my book. But no. I, there's obviously so much creativity in those studios, and I really want to know where they go next. Yeah, and if we get all of those things, I'm going to be completely happy and excited. But it'd be cool to see them do something completely different. Uh, yes, I wanted to bring in some of the people who have been the most frequent guests on Beyond, even though we only have four mics, because... Thank you. Um, because I have been so thankful for getting to host the show with all of you and all of the people who aren't on the show currently who have been, uh, and so I wanted to wrap up the show with sort of just a thank you to all of you. Uh, to those who are not here, thank you, John Ryan, who's been on the show a bunch and has brought so much enthusiasm and fun to the show. I love, what are you doing behind me? Right, it's fine. Ah, uh, okay, we're doing a kumbaya. The kids in the backseat of the car over here. It's like, we're just like hanging out in the back. Oh, thank you. There's your mic. Uh, <laughs> no, if I can just get sappy, uh, John Ryan has been on the show a bunch and has been an absolute blast to have on the show. Um, before he left us, I guess, or was that last year? When did Andrew leave us? It feels like it was both a year and five years I don't know. Ago. Good riddance. I, what? Well, I'm just kidding. How dare you. Anyway, thank you to Andrew when he was on the show. Um, he is a big part of the reason why I listened to Beyond when I was younger, before I worked here, and when I was working here, why I was a reason 
uh, he was the reason I was able to be on the show because he was my boss and said, okay, and let me not sit at my desk for that hour. And really that made a huge difference being able you to know, come on the show. And talk you know why he did that is because he was terrified of leaving his desk. Yeah, so. no, I know. Yeah. So I took advantage of that and came on. You the were show like our like substitute me. gold farm. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know. What if I get an email? And we're like, I just, <laughs> and I happily took it and I have loved being on the show every time since. And Tom and Janet, thank you so much. I know that I can't count the number of times I've probably slacked each of you last second before a show because everyone's schedule is on the show so crazy to be like, hey, can you be on? Uh, here's the run of show, please. Thanks. And you uh, almost always have been able to just jump right in and have become such a part of the Beyond Extended family for me. And it's been so great to have you on. Dorno, I, I, I just also like, <laughs> we need to thank you. I mean, you regularly podcast with three quite older... <laughs> Rel- relatively cynical, tr- trying not to be <laughs> crotchety old pooches. Crotchety old pooches on the regular. Grumpy old codgers. Real whistlers. I mean, a real elderly Irish, Irish woman. woman. <laughs> uh, I just really want to thank you for middle-aged Greek friend over here. That's right. <laughs> for bringing like your exuberance and your positivity and your passion for PlayStation and just your general. Just amazing vibes. It makes this podcast in particular such a joy to be on. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for the, the quiet clap. This weird rotating clapping. That's a round of applause. I agree oh, with all, God, that's all, all that. Thank I you. love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and no, to you, Brian, Max, and Lucy, like, thank you so much for doing this show with me for this since I've started hosting. Like, being a part of the show has meant so much to me in my time at IGN, and being able to do the show with the three of you so often has been. It, it is the highlight of my week every week because we get to come in here and whether it's talking about PlayStation, whether it's talking about third-party stuff, whether it's talking about Bloodborne for the hundredth time, it is always so much fun. It's our Pokemon. It is It is our Pokemon. We just want we you, we want you to play it. Yeah, that explains so much. So many of our shows. Bloodborne is the Pokemon of podcasting. Yeah. Um, but no, being able to talk about all of these things with all of you What is... if instead of being on fire, Ponyta was wet and dead? <laughs> That's why I love hosting the show is because we talk about wet dogs a lot. Uh, no, it, just the joy and the insight and just the fun that you all bring to the show. For me and for I know the audience out there, it means so much to be a part of it uh, and to be able to spend this hour each week. Uh, we're going into probably what will be the craziest year at least I've ever covered and I think a lot of us have ever covered. Oh, to be able God. To, so much fun. To know we're going to be all doing it together yeah. is going to be so much fun, especially when conferences and state of plays and inside Xboxes all happen on the same days because they hate mm-hmm. us. But to be able to do all of that together is going to be so much fun. And I'm so thankful to be able to do it with all of you. Uh, so thank you for being part of the show. And thank you to Red, who started recently producing for us. Red! camera. Come brought over come, some of the chairs. Come in. Out. Come, come say hello. Come say come hi. Say hi. Red's only been producing for us for a couple weeks now. But awesome. Awesome. But you kicked ass. We love you, Red. Us. Yeah. We Red. already love you. Yeah. Red, thank you so much for being part of the show now. Thank you to Ronnie, who was our producer uh, earlier rest this year peace. before he left. Yeah, rest in peace, Ronnie. Uh, no, he created so many of the jingles that you either know and love or know and hate, uh, but we love them, uh, the weird newsboy and all of those I hope Ronnie starts sounds. doing those in dreams, just making like weird oh, yeah. beyond interstitials. Yeah. Just... <laughs> he animates these shows and beyond. Uh, no, thank you so much for being a part of the show this year. Uh, I'm so glad we got to spend that time with you while you were working here, um, and I wish you the best with everything else happening. Uh, Barrett, you left the show last year, so it doesn't count. Um, but no, thank you for being part of the show as well. Uh, I'm going long here, but I just want to say thank you so much to all of you. And thank you to the audience out there who's listened every week, whether you've tuned in for a week, every week, 
listened, watched, wrote in a memory card story. Thank you to everyone. We have so many left over and we're going to keep telling these stories uh, in the weeks to come. But like, thank you to so many people who have wanted to tell your stories and be willing and be open to share your life and your gaming stories with us. It's meant so much and I'm so glad we can keep doing that uh, in the weeks to come. But I think that otherwise wraps up everything for the final episode of the year. I think this is the last podcast I'm recording in 2019. Oh. Out of like, a, I think I've done 150, I counted. Oh my God, Oh yeah. my God. That's that, crazy. That's, it feels good. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad it I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to sleep for two weeks uh, and we're going to come back in 2020, hopefully a little refreshed, very excited about everything that we're going to have to cover next year, but it's going to be a joy to be able to do that for you. I'm going to turn uh, code. I'm going to go over the Xbox podcast I believe it. Year. Yeah, you already do NVC. I... I wouldn't put it past it's like you. When the Verizon, it's like when the Verizon guy like left to the other network, like Sprint or did something. Did he do that? He did. He did indeed. That was oh. you. It's like when Kevin Butler was in that Mario Kart commercial. Wasn't that a thing? Did I? Have yeah. To? Or he? Yeah. yeah. He was People were really mad no, about he that. No, he was. He. Yeah. Uh, anyway, was like I'm an actor. It's not real. And they were like, I don't care. Get back in that PlayStation box. <laughs> Stop. Start being an executive again. Yep. Uh Anyway. Thank you so much for listening and to watching this episode of Beyond, episode six hundred and twenty-four. Usually the show is live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific. This one might go up a little earlier uh, at beyond.ign.com, youtube.com slash IGN Beyond, and your favorite podcast services around the world. That is where you can find us next year in 2020. Uh, I hope if you're celebrating anything during the holidays, you have a great holiday. If you're just taking some time off, spending time alone with your all the games you need to catch up on, I hope you're enjoying whatever you're doing for these few weeks. Uh, we'll be back in 2020, and I hope you'll spend a little bit of each of your weeks with us and otherwise beyond. They're making a new PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't hear, beyond.